into Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians chapter 6. Last week, you'll remember, we spoke concerning a godly influence, a wife's need in a marriage, the needs of a wife in a marriage. We said that she needs security. Material security is one, but that's not the greatest, even though some people would think it was, the way some husbands go out and kill themselves to try to give their wives everything they can possibly think of. But there's other areas of security they need a lot more, and that's emotional security. And that security is, comes by being able to put their trust in their husband, have confidence and trust in their husband that their love is always going to be there. Secondly, in the area of love and affection, they need, women need to know that they are loved and be shown affection by the one that they have given themselves to. Not on only before they're married and on the honeymoon, but after the honeymoon, it even becomes more important as the children come on and the responsibilities of the family come on. They need to be on, it needs to be made very clear to them over and over again that they have, they're still receiving that same, if not greater love from you, and it manifests itself in affection. And by the way, it's just as much affection toward a woman by going in and doing some dishes in the kitchen when she's not feeling well as it is to be planting kisses on her. Like one lady said, you tell me you love me, but put some wood in the firebox. That's affection also to where they know that they're protected and their needs are taken care of that way. Then we said they need understanding. Most men, not most men, many men just think, woman, I don't know what your problem is, but get it straightened out. And I'm not going to stop and try to figure you out. But the Word of God says that we should know and understand our partner. We should show concern. In other words, what week of the month is this? Well, if you don't know what that means, why, and you're married, then you've got real problems on your, in the days ahead for you, I can assure you. You better, because that's going to, a, a lot of things, if you'll just understand that, that much, a lot of things can be different in your home. You'll know how wide of a berth to walk around. You'll know uh, not to take seriously some things that are said and remarks that are made and so forth. But if you don't understand your wife's weaknesses, it's very hard to show her the understanding and, and care that she needs. And then, fourthly, they need, in the area of security, they need to be respected as an individual who is very important. In fact, they should be the most important person in your life next to Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to build a strong home, inculcate this into your daily practice with your with your wife and you'll see a change take place i read this last week to you and it really had spoke to my heart a lot of us if we got what we thought we deserved uh, we would really be doing all right well whatever wife you have that's the reward you you deserve because god said in ecclesiastes live happily with the woman you love or your wife through the fleeting days of life, for the wife God gives you is your best reward down here for all your earthly toil. That's God's reward to you. I thank God for the earth and for the reward I received. And you and I, every day, ought to thank God for the reward we received for a husband. And uh, be grateful and show that, that gratefulness to our wives. Now, tonight I want to try to get all the way through on children's needs. Again, we come right back to the area of security. Children need security. Today, you almost feel like parents need security instead of the children because parents 
have allowed peer pressure to change their stand in many of their homes. I mean, everyone seems to be afraid of children today or young people today, but no one seems to be able to take a stand and say it doesn't make any difference what they say, this is what we will do. And if children are going to be secure, they need to know that there is authority available to them. They need to understand that there is strong parental strength around them. I'm not just talking about security as far as finances again. Believe me, many of the homes that have the very least in material things have, have a very strong, happy bond because they're not depending upon things to make them strong or secure. They're depending on their love for one another and their commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, Beverly and I, when we first got married, we were almost too poor to pay attention. And yet we were very, very happy because we had one another and knew the purpose and calling of God for our lives. And we were trying to accomplish what he'd have us to accomplish. Now, that didn't mean we could go out and do things. There are a lot of times we couldn't even think about going to a restaurant. Couldn't even think about it. But we were still happy. And it wasn't because we had finances. Our children were happy. And many times we didn't have things to be, I mean, money to go and get them things. That's not the security we're speaking of here. Again, we're getting into the area of emotional strength where there are, first of all, a strong Parental bond. I'm not talking about a strong woman and a strong man in a home. I'm talking about a strong couple to where you never allow your children to ever divide you. Never allow them to do that. Never, I mean, don't even let them consider the possibility of asking one something and then going to the other. And if the one says that gives them the wrong answer. Just recently, I, I heard of a young lady who went to the father and he said, you're not going. And she said, mom said I can, so I'm going whether you like it or not. And out the door she went as a teenager. And the parents let him get away with it. And said, well, I guess we just can't really make them do much anymore. And I'm talking about someone that's in, not even in high, the high grades of high school. When there's a strong parental bond, both of you have convictions alike. You sit down together alone. And say, what, are we, what is going to be our conviction in this home? What do we, where, what's our stand on this? Okay, we won't compromise on this. Children, you never come to one and then the other. If you ask one and then go to the other to try to get a different answer, you will automatically be punished. Now, believe me, this is very, very important that you understand this. And along with it, constantly show uh, regard, high regard for one another in front of your children. If your children see you fighting and scrapping with each other and degrading one another, putting each other down, you are setting a, a straw, heavy, I mean, hard bedrock for them to be able to build on for their rebellion in the days ahead. If they know that the two of you are one and you honor and respect and have high regard for each other, it'll be the greatest strengthening for them emotionally of anything. I could go on and on and on on this one subject. But wouldn't it be wonderful if your children could hear you say, this is my sweetheart, this is my queen. You will always show respect to her. I will always defend her. You will never put her down. You will never raise your voice to her. That is your father. And whatever your father says, that's what goes in this house. Do you understand that? He's my sweetheart. He is the father of this home. He is the head of this home. And you pray for your daddy. And we are believing that God's going to lead him and direct him in the days ahead. Don't you ever cross daddy. Wouldn't that be different? Than having, you know, I hear of more wives that slip around behind the back of their husband to get things for their kids that the dad says they shouldn't have. You say, well, dad's so tight. Listen, you are teaching them basically rebellion. You're teaching them a disregard for spiritual authority, and someday they're going to slip around behind God's back and do what they want to do too. Don't ever do that. I've known of cases, and it's come to me in the past few years, 
where women will buy things and take them, take the kids home and say, now hide these in your closet so daddy can't find them. Bring them out later on. If he asks you they're new, no, they're not new now because you, they've been in your closet for a month or so. That's deception. That's division. Just think what you're embedding in those children, what they're embedding in those children's minds when they get married. Whatever I can get away with, it's okay because mom and dad said it was okay. And you don't tell dad everything because if you do, you might get into trouble. So just skirt dad's authority and just go and tell mom, whisper to mom, and the two of you have a joke about it. That's the most destructive thing you can do, not only for a home, but when they go to build their own homes, the termites are already there to destroy it. And I want to just say, for those who have a one-parent family, I know it's very, very difficult. But first of all, you must demand respect. You must demand that rules in the house will be kept. And that you set the rules. The children do not set the rules. When children say, I don't want to do that, you just have to look at them straight in the face and say, that's tough cookies, honey. You're not in authority here. When I say you do something, you'll do it, and you'll do it now. Do you understand me? And people say that will warp their personality. No, the next step will warp something, but it won't be their personality if they don't do what you tell them to do. And you won't have to do that very often, but what they'll know then that you are authority in that home. And let me tell you something. If you aren't, they will be. You hear me? If you're not in authority, your children soon will be. But if you are a single parent, especially where mothers have to take care of children, we have several homes like that here, then you need to try to find the grandparent, grandfather, be able to fill in some of that male image there and strengthen the home that way and have him back you up, your father back you up. Uh, there's nothing greater to me than to have a family to where mom and dad have uh, priorities and convictions in the home and then have both sets of grandparents, if they're around, be able to reinforce that. That's why the Bible talks about parents are not only responsible for their children, but for their children's children when it comes to raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord and teaching them godly principles. So you teach your children well enough that they know how to teach those principles to their children, and then you're a success. And when your parents say something, I mean, say something, when the parents say something to the children, and the children come over and say, Grandpa, and try to get around it, they're stopped immediately and say, is that what Mom and Dad said to you? You will always obey and honor your mother and father. What a reinforcement that gives them. And those children will feel a strength and a security that you'll never find in a home where there's division and there's not a parental bond. And if you cannot get the grandparents to do it, then there is a male presence within the church. I don't know if you notice it, but I try very, very hard all the time to take time to love and express love to the little ones in this church. If nothing else, if they go out and their homes are destroyed, I always want them to have a memory that there was one male person that always sincerely loved them and would do anything he could to help them and protect them and to keep them and do whatever has to be done. And there are others in this body who just get the biggest kick out of being able to express love to these kids and let them know, hey, we're here if you need us. But that's important that they get that other bond, they get that other reinforcement, that backing. For when you come around as a parent, we constantly reaffirm your position of authority. What did mom say? Is that what mom said? Do it and do it now. You say, well, you don't have any authority to do that. Well, we do unless mom and dad, moms, unless the moms say we don't. When they come to me, I'm a spiritual authority. And there's times when some of these single mothers living alone right now in the homes come and say, Pastor Joe, I think you have to, we have a need here. Can you sit down and talk with such and such? I'm not their father. 
But I sit down and say, no, I love you just like a daddy. And I'm going to talk to you just like a daddy. And this is the way it is. Your mama has a big responsibility and a big load on her shoulders. And she needs your help and doesn't need your resistance. She needs for you to not only obey, but to get in there and help her. And we begin to talk about what the Bible has to say about these things. Now, you see, I'm not the only one that can do that. There's others in the body that can do that. But that's where you can find strength. That's where you can find reinforcement to do what you need to do. And I, I thank God for the jobs that are being done around here by some of the single mothers. Having single parent homes, I mean. I want to encourage you, don't give up. That can be a strong, strong reinforcement for them as long as you have reinforcements from others that will back up what you're saying. I'll tell you, it's a lot easier and a lot better than if you were in a home where the dad just let everything go any way he wanted to and you're trying to hold the line. And I've seen such disasters in those areas. At least you're the one voice in the home and at least no one's arguing with you as to what the authority is and you don't let the kids argue with you. I want to say that again. You don't allow the children to argue with you. Why? I better stop and read the scripture I was going to read, hadn't I? I was so excited to hear what I had to say about this, I forgot to read the scripture. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is wrong. What? Right. Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You don't need any other argument than no other reason, do we? Because God says it's right. Obey your parents. Whatever your parents say, do it. And when we don't do it, who are we disobeying? We're not just disobeying mom and dad, are we? We're disobeying God. You understand that, young people? Listen to me closely, boys and girls. When you disobey mom and daddy, you're disobeying God because God said in his word, Jesus put it in the word, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Anything else is wrong. If someone says to you, oh, you don't have to listen to mom and dad, say that's wrong. Why? Because Jesus said it's right to listen to mom and dad. You hear me? Oh, yeah, but you don't have to tell them what you're going to do. That's wrong. I'm supposed to obey my parents. Jesus said I'm supposed to obey my parents. Now, by the way, whenever that's forgotten, who do you suppose is there to reinforce that? Not me. Mom and dad. You take them to the Word. This is what the Word says. Now, were you obedient? No. Well, now, did you understand that this is what we talked about? That you weren't supposed to do this, weren't supposed to do that? Weren't... You understood that, didn't you? Yes. In fact, you need to make them say to you when you explain something to them, did you understand what I just said to you? What did it tell me what I just told you? Not to do this and not to do that, right? Okay, now if you do, what will happen? Have them tell you what will happen if they do it. Now, why are we doing this? We're doing the same practice that God did in the Old Testament. He said, now, children of Israel, God said all these things. If you'll do all these things, then these blessings will come upon you. Now say that, and they all say these blessings will come upon us here and there and there and there and there, right around. Now God says if you don't do it and you disobey, all these curses are going to come on you. What are those curses? They name all these curses. Now everybody understands that? Uh-huh, okay, yeah. God did the same thing. Then when the curses came, they would say, do you remember what God said back there? This was going to happen if you did this? We're using the same principle here. When children, when you speak to your children, you say, this is what you're supposed to do. You understand that? Now tell me, tell me what I just told you. Okay, what will happen if you do that? I'll be punished. Okay, you understand that. Yes, yeah, so when it happens, then you can go to them and say, I see you decided to be punished. Oh, that's different from them saying, no, 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 dad, no, dad, no, mom, please don't, please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Too late for sorry. 
Why? That was willful disobedience of the known fact that what, of what you're supposed to do. Now, if they didn't know they weren't supposed to do it, you don't punish them the first time. You sit down and explain to them. I remember Jeff came in one time and let a word rip out of his mouth. I said, whoa. I said, wait a minute. I said, what? where did you pick up that word? Oh, I heard such and such say it out in the yard. I said, honey, that's a nasty word. You don't want to say that. Oh, really? Just a little talk. I said, yeah, don't ever say that word again. That's a bad word. If you hear him say that, you tell him that's a naughty word. Don't say that anymore. Oh, okay. Okay, you won't let, I won't let ever hear you say that again, will I? No, okay. So it had been wrong for me to have punished him then. But once he understood it, if I'd have heard it the next time, I'd have said, let's go see if we can get your mouth cleaned out of a little bar of soap, shall we? Oh, by the way, boys and girls, that's what Jody and Jeffrey used to get if they ever told a lie or sassed their mama. They got this clean their teeth with a bar of soap. Why are you going like this? Don't you think that'd be fun? We had some very strong tasting soap at home. You know why? Because then every time they started to tell a lie, they remembered what that soap tasted like. And it was a strong reminder, you never lie and you never sass your mama. They just knew they didn't sass their daddy, but once in a while they'd feel their oats and they'd try to sass their mama. They just never did that, see? Honor thy father and mother. That means hold your mother and father in high esteem, in a place of, I mean, you really highly respect them. Why? Because God said so. Well, what if they do something wrong? They're still your mother and your father, and God says you honor them. You remember when, when Saul was trying to kill David? How many of you remember the story in the Old Testament when Saul was trying to kill David? Remember that? Chasing him all over, trying to kill him. And what did David say? I'll not touch the Lord's anointed. God put Saul in that place in office. I could kill him in a minute, but I won't touch him because he's God's anointed. God put him in that office. If God wants him out, let God take him out. Now Saul did everything in the book that was wrong, but David wouldn't touch him because God put him there. Do you know mom and dad, God put them in that position of authority over you, and they are to be honored and respected by you, boys and girls. But again, the kicker is, if they don't respect, then you reinforce that, that this is what God's Word says, and you will show respect in the home. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, now here we go, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Don't drive them to the place where you get them angry. First of all, don't get angry yourself. Do you know that if you and I know that we're in a position of authority, we don't have to get angry? You hear me? If you really know what you are and where you are in God's sight, that God puts you in that place of authority, you don't have to get mad anymore. I remember when I first, that first dawned on me as a young father, I would, when I would begin to feel flushed because I think she disobeyed me or he disobeyed me, I'll deal with this. I would have to go in my room first of all and say, Lord, I want to remember first of all that I disobey you a lot of times, but thank God you don't get mad at me. I'm going to go back in there and I'm just going to sit down. And in order to take care of my feelings, when it was willful disobedience, I would sit down on the bed and I'd have them sit on a little chair next to the bed. And I'd say, I want to talk to you for a minute. And then all of a sudden start to cry. And I said, no, no, I don't want any crying yet. Now it's talking time. Crying later. Now talking. Now I want us to talk about what happened here. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most thrilling things. Well, I guess I've told it, I don't know how many times here in this body, but the most thrilling thing to me was one time when we got all through talking, Jody stood up and she said, Daddy, you don't have to talk anymore. You're absolutely right. I deserve to be spanked. You go ahead and spank me. 
Let me tell you, that was a hard time to have to spank her. When I got through, she threw her arms around my neck and said, I love you, Daddy. Thank you for spanking me. Why? She was beginning to get those principles down in her heart. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother in the Lord. But then in return, you don't get angry when you correct them. You just correct them in love. Afterwards, you hug them again, tell them you love them, and you reestablish that relationship. And you have to say, now look, I didn't enjoy that. You know I had to do it because the Lord tells me I have to correct you. But I have to tell you again, I love you so much that if you do it again, I'll immediately have to punish you again. Not in anger, just simply explain. If you understand what I'm saying, if you do this again, now what will happen? Oh, get in respect. Yeah, but honey, it'll probably be a little harder the next time. You understand? Because it'll be disobedience that's even worse because you've already had one spanking. You understand that now? I don't want to do that, so please don't do it again, okay? And this, there were times when they did it again, and I, 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 I stuck with my word, exactly what I told them. I spanked them and even spanked them a little harder. And when I got all through, talked to them again, said, now you understand, if you do this again now, honey, I'll spank you the next time. I'll probably have to spank you even harder than that. Do you understand that? Okay, please don't do it again, because I don't want to have to spank you. See, we're both on the same team, but I have a responsibility that I have to deal with the children. And so it says, don't get them to a place where you get them angry there. Don't provoke them to wrath. Screaming at them and them screaming at you, don't allow that to happen in your home. If we're talking about having security. Another area of security for the children is to have a father who has, first of all, a total commitment to Jesus Christ. Dad, if you're a hypocrite, it's never going to work. The kids will obey you until they're 15. They'll do what you want them to do. And after 15, they do what they want to do. If you aren't walking what you're talking. Now, I didn't say you had to be perfect. I'm just simply saying if you miss it and your kids know you miss it, sit right down with them and say to them, I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? I missed it. I've asked God for forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? If you can't do that, then you're insecure in your position. Your children have to see how you can make a mistake and how you can ask for forgiveness in order for them to learn how to do it. Very, very important for you to be able to understand that, uh, that you have a total commitment to Christ. You have convictions that are based upon the Word of God. And by the way, if you have convictions based on the Word of God, don't be afraid to talk to your children about it. When they become teenagers, they'll rattle your cage once in a while with some of their arguments. And if you don't have the answer, you may have to go, find somewhere, to, go somewhere to find the answer. But be willing to talk about your biblical convictions. There were things that I used to just be absolutely on, you know, because I thought, well, this is it. And when my kids would talk to me, I'd begin to say, you know, that really isn't that important that I can't give a little bit on this. But I'm not going to compromise my, my biblical convictions. But you need to have convictions. Secondly, I mean, thirdly, you have to have courage as a father. Let me just tell you this much. It's not hard to be popular. Be right when right is unpopular. That takes courage. To stand for what is right when standing for what is right is unpopular. That's what takes courage. And I'll tell you, your kids will use everything they can possibly do to knock down and rub down your barriers to see where the wall really is. I remember Jeff used to play with a boy. And the, the mother would call this boy. And Jeff would say, your mom called you. He said, I know it. And keep on playing. And pretty soon Jeff said, hey, your mom just called you again. He said, I know it. Well, he says, aren't you going to go home? He says, no, she doesn't really mean it yet. And when she finally came out and, Aah! 
it's okay. I got, now she means it. And he go, I mean, these kids know exactly where you are. They know exactly how many times you're going to say it. You will say, Jody, Jody Lynn, Jody Lynn, where? See, that means that's when you mean it. If that's the pattern you've set up, they've got in the back of their mind, she says it or he says it six times, and the sixth time is when I better move, because that's when she's ready to move. And they're always testing that rope. So if you sit down and explain to them, this is a one-time home. I say it once. And then after you've said it once and they don't move, then you jar the earwax out of their ears. You say, I meant what I said the first time. And do it every time where they know that you don't mean Jody, Jody Lynn, Jody Lynn, Jody Lynn Webb. You mean now. You say, why are you getting so uptight on all these things? Because these things make the difference between a happy, contented, uh, secure home and a home where it's chaos if there's no strong leadership. Andrew Carnegie said it's to be right when right is unpopular is noble. And I uh, appreciate it. You, you as a father are going to have to set the biblical standards in the home. If there is no father there, then the mother is going to have to set the biblical standards in the home. And remember, when you set a biblical standard in your home, now hear this, when you set a biblical standard in your home, you have all of God's authority standing behind you. So it doesn't make any difference what anyone in school says or any of the professors in school say. You have the final authority in that home because God said so. Being backed up by God and His Word, you ought to be able to stand firmly and say, this is the way it's going to be in this home. Do you understand me? I love you dearly, but this is the way it's going to be. And like I say, you'll get backing from the church if you need it any time. They need fathers with character. I didn't say fathers who are a character. I said they need fathers who have character, integrity. Don't ever lie to your children. Whatever you say, do. Don't ever lie in front of your children, or don't ever lie and let your children ever know that you've ever done it to your wife, or to your boss, or to the IRS, or when you're home and somebody calls, don't say, tell them I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. No, no, I'm not here. You're just setting yourself up for a great fall with your children in the days ahead because you're teaching them that under certain circumstances, it's okay to lie. With integrity, be trustworthy to where when you say something to them, they can depend on it. I can't tell you how many children I have counseled down through the years who said my father really doesn't love me because I am last as far as his schedule is concerned. He'll tell me that we're going to go and do something and he'll forget it or something else will come up and he'll go and do that. Your children will never forget those things. Those will make deep impressions on them in the days ahead. If you can't do it, don't tell them you can. And if you're not sure, don't ever tell them you can. Just say today, if we possibly can, if I can possibly work it out, I will. If not, we'll work it out later. But honey, we will do this just as quickly as I can. But be very, very trustworthy to where they can say, if my dad said it, you can count on it. It's going to happen. Why? Because you represent their future relationship with their heavenly father. And the word of God says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Stand for absolute truth. Moral purity within the home. Dads, let me tell you something. You'll get this when you go to Bill Gothard's seminar. Your daughters will eventually love or try to be like what they see you admire. If they see you admiring Playboy magazines, then that's the direction they're going to go because they see where your admiration goes. They will either 
show high regard for Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Madonna, depending on how you show your interests. And they see what excites and uh, gives great interest to you. Moral purity, if there's moral impurity in the home, it knocks holes in the umbrella of that home, and, and the enemy can get at those that are in your family, your children and so forth in your family. They need a husband that's secure, a daddy in the home that's secure, one that can build up the, the children and not have to tear the children down to make themselves feel stronger and more secure. You have no reason to tear down your children when they do something wrong. That's when they need to be built up. Now, honey, I know you may have done that, but you know what? I know that you have a great potential in the days ahead, and God's going to use you in the days ahead, and that's why I'm so concerned about you doing some of these things that are wrong. That's a lot better than saying, you stupid idiot, won't you ever learn anything? How many times I have to, I'll slap you side in the face if you ever do that again, you little idiot. You can't seem to learn anything, can you? Oh, it's going to make an impression. That's going to plant seeds that those children will never get away from. Rather, reinforce by the security that you have of your position in Jesus Christ. Reinforce to those children. We all make mistakes, but... God's going to teach you through these experiences that you're going through now, these mistakes that you make now in the days ahead, how not to make these mistakes in the days ahead because I know that you want to do God's will above everything else. And I'm praying for you and believing that God's going to help you to do those very things. You can't do that unless you're secure in yourself. And may I just add also, a secure husband also builds up other saints. Doesn't have to tear others down. I have a hard time understanding when wives down through the years of my ministry have come to me and said that their husband gets mad and kicks a hole in the wall or knocks or runs his fist right through a door and uh, screams or throws things in the house. and I just wish I could say, take him back to mama and let mama start all over again. The little brat never did learn how to grow up. I'm sorry I have to be so blunt, but that's exactly right. Mama and daddy should have blistered their corduroy britches over and over and over again to have gotten rid of that anger that was never taken care of. And consequently, I remember we had a couple in our rental house one time. He got mad because she didn't want to argue anymore, so she closed the bedroom door. So he put his fist right through the bedroom door. When he came over, I said, well, that isn't bad, a $60 temper tantrum. I said, if you want to have those every week, I can just up at $10 every time the door gets a hole in it. But that's up to you. If you never learned at home not to get mad and angry when you can't have your way, you'll just have to keep paying the $60. That's all right with me. He didn't know what to say. But I can still remember sitting over in our house, and you know how far away it is from the rental house, and could hear bellowing roars of anger from this person. And I thought, isn't that a shame? They've never grown up. They're so insecure they have to scream at their wife because they can't sit down and reason with their wife and talk with their wife in a very sweet, gentle way. But God can help you in that area. Now, I don't say this to discourage you. I say this to encourage you. God's got a better way for us. We don't have to do those things. And they're secure when they don't have a daddy that pouts. Ever seen daddy's pout? If I don't get my way, I just won't talk anymore. I'll just go back in my room. Just don't bother me. Just leave me alone. God help us. If we're going to act like that, we need to get pacifiers and knee pants. Let's grow up and believe that God's got better things for us in the days ahead. Pouting, we taught our kids in daily vacation Bible school, pout, 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 I'll never pout again since Jesus is my friend. On him I can depend, and I know beyond a doubt he can cast the doubting out. And I'll never, never, never pout again. Then they're looking for a daddy that's balanced. And by balanced, I mean you're firm. 
you've got to be firm, but you can still be gentle. What was it Teddy Roosevelt used to say? Speak softly and carry a big stick. And all you have to do is speak softly, but still be, and, and still be firm. You don't have to. I was uh, uh, in a business confrontation some time ago. And the people would say, we don't know how to handle you. I said, are you saying that the reason you don't know how to handle me is because I'm not going to get mad at you? I'm not going to scream at you? I'm just simply telling you, this is the fact, these are the facts, and this is the way it's going to be. And uh, another person called and they said, these people don't know how in the world to work with you. They're just not accustomed to someone just saying this is the way it's going to be and not having to throw a tantrum or start cussing at them. I said, there's no reason to. I've decided what I know is the right principle in this matter, and this is the way it's going to be. And this is the way God wants us to be in our homes. We don't have to scream and get mad and everything else. Just be firm and gentle, considerate. You don't have to domineer. You don't have to conquer your family. They're already your family. You've already possessed them. They belong to you in God's sight. You don't have to dominate them anymore, domineer, become domineering over them. Just simply lead and guide them and direct them with instruction. Now, if your wife doesn't let you, then she's going to have to answer to God. And if there's any disagreements, don't disagree in front of the children. Don't ever disagree in front of the children. Get alone and disagree. Talk it all out. And if there's a total disagreement, Mama, I'm sorry. But if from biblical principles he can show you that this is the way he's going to go, you better go with him from biblical principles. Now, if you can't work that out and you need to sit down and have someone else counsel you, get some counseling together. But basically speaking, if it's a biblical principle and your husband says, this is what the Word of God says and I think this is what we should do, you would need to acquiesce and do what the Word of God says there, ladies. And by the way, you can let yourself be manipulated every once in a while by your children if it's for some little innocent thing and and uh, not doesn't violate your principles. They can think they get away with murder, you know. I heard the other day some fellow says, you know, when we were kids, we used to, I used to say, Dad, Dad, I'd like to stay out until midnight tonight. Dad said, no, 11 o'clock. And he thought, hmm, always an hour earlier. Well, he said, Dad, I want to stay out to 1 o'clock tonight. And he said he got away with it about three times, and Dad finally realized, whoa, what he has done just moved up an hour later on me to get out as late as he wanted to be out. And uh, they laughed about that. He said, finally, my dad came back and said, no, I'm sorry, 11 o'clock is 11 o'clock is 11 o'clock. We're not going to go this one hour back anymore. He was just trying to cushion, always to show he had a little bit of authority there. But you can, you can be manipulated once in a while. And then the next thing, a, a dad will communicate. Talk with your children. I had more fun the other night when we were having, right after the church picnic, had more fun having a little guy on my lap and, and spending the longest time playing games with them and just talking to them and, and, and just being amazed at the things that they learn at a young age. It's so exciting to be able to do that again, but I can still remember the times when I could have Jody and Jeff in my lap to teach them how to say words, teach them how to read, teach them how to write, teach them all the It was so much fun. And to be able to communicate with them where they could tell me what they thought and then I'd tell them what I thought and then tell me what they thought. And to be able to do that, it's so important for the daddy to have that input. Jody and I used to have dates. We have dates now. Jody and I will try at least once or twice a week to go somewhere and just have a sandwich together or have a salad together or lunch together and just, just talk. And uh, I don't ever want a barrier to be there between the two of us. And that should never change. It should start when they're very little. Special time to be with them. You may, just, you may just walk around the block together. You just may walk around the backyard together. But just that special time to communicate with them. And then that all had to do with character. And then 
They need a daddy with conduct, the conduct of a gentleman, someone who's courteous and respectful to others round about them. I've seen some wives who are so embarrassed with their husbands and children who have been embarrassed with their husbands because they are not gentlemen, they're not courteous, they're not respectful, they're just brazen and loud. And that makes it very, very difficult for people to be around someone like that. And, and children pick that up very quickly because they know what the peer pressure around them really is. But we rule from a place of admiration when we try to have proper conduct in public when we're around other people, for our children are not ashamed of us. Not abusive, not abusive where we say harsh things to people, and not the type of a person that withdraws their love if they don't get their way. May I just interject this? There's no way to tell you the, the high percentage of couples that I counsel with that if the husband or the wife don't get their way, they withdraw their love. And we, we talked about this some last couple Friday nights. There's no biblical basis for that whatsoever. The only time the Word of God says as, as, as husband and wife that that's allowed is during time of fasting. Now, unless some of you really want to take off some pounds, there's no other reason in the Word of God for it, that you're not your own anymore. And it's very important that you not withdraw your love from each other because your children are watching and they say, oh, if we do something that displeases God, then he'll withdraw his love from us. You become the example to them of God in their relationship to him later on. You don't withdraw your affection from one another. You give your affection to one another, even when each other do things that may injure or hurt us. We still do not withdraw our love. We reaffirm our love. I still love you. I may not love what you're doing or the way you're acting, but I do love you. And your children need to hear that. I don't like your, your conduct right now, but I love you. And you, you're going to have to change your conduct. I have the responsibility to help you doing it. And then, quickly, enjoy your children. I've had some people that just thought that children were such a big pain and such a big uh, burden to them. One of these days, they're going to be so sorry if they miss the most precious times that they've ever had in their lives when they can enjoy their children, the fellowship of their children. Get a, have a lot of fun with it. I mean, when, when I used to see our kids go out in the yard and get all dirty, I used to just laugh think it was the funniest thing, and they'd come in, or I'd hose them down before they'd come in. And just to have the enjoyment of watching them grow up and crawl up on your knees and their eyes get all big and tell you, Daddy, did you know thus and such? No, I didn't know that. That's the most exciting thing in the world, because one of these days they'll be gone in a minute, and you won't know it. And you say, my God, I missed it all. Learn to enjoy your children. I know this is a terrific challenge. It's one of the only positions I know of where you aren't required to get training ahead of time. That's why we need to know biblical principles so we'll have that training ahead of time. It's a challenge, but it's very rewarding. And I'm going to close by having you turn to Malachi, fourth chapter. Jesus said that John the Baptist was the Elijah that had come. But Malachi at the very end of the fourth chapter said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the what? to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. God wants daddies to have their hearts turned toward their children, and children have their hearts turned toward their daddies. And again, I say, if there's not a daddy in the home, have them turned toward you and other male influences in the church or in the family, they can help. 
But this is God's purpose for the home, that the hearts of the fathers be turned to the children and the hearts of the children be turned to the fathers. Because God knows when you have a nation filled with that type of home, you've got a secure nation where there's respect for the elders, where the hearts of the children are turned toward the fathers and the hearts of the fathers are turned toward the children. And if the hearts of the fathers are like I described you tonight, they will be able to have confidence in that type of a father. Now you say, dear brother, I give up. No, don't give up. Don't give up. Establish God's word in your heart. And every time you miss it, say, God, I missed it. Will you forgive me? I am going to get that principle down pat. And then go to your wife. Honey, I really missed it. Will you please forgive me? You say, oh, that'll make me small in her sight. It'll make you bigger than you've ever been in her sight. Any man that can admit he's wrong proves that he's a man. I missed it. I failed. I sinned against God. I've asked him to forgive him. Then go to the children. Honey, will you please forgive me, babies? Daddy shouldn't have said that. Daddy shouldn't have acted like that. Daddy shouldn't have done that. Will you forgive me? Will you pray for me that I won't be like that anymore? What does that do? They have a confidence in you that cannot be shaken in the days ahead. Because my daddy is transparent straight through. All the way through. He's flesh. He makes mistakes, but he's one of the first to admit it. You do that, and God will begin to establish your home. And your children will rise up to call you blessed. When you have a godly influence in the home, these are godly traits for a father to try to establish in their own home.